listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. So now we're going to move into a time of conversation where Ricardo and I, um, you know, we had a we had a series all planned and ready to go to lead up to Easter, but it feels like we're in such a unique moment in culture right now in our society that um, it really felt like we needed to address some things. And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. And, um, you know, uh, we made this decision. What was it? Last night. Last night. Yesterday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. Maybe maybe Friday. Friday, (laughs) um, To have this conversation instead of moving forward with the sermon series that we had planned. And it was a great sermon series and we're going to do it later on in the year. But it just felt like, you know, there were some things that we needed to address mm. in this moment in time and, and that we both felt led, um, that, you know, this is the, this is the way we should go. And, and, uh, so, um, Ricardo and I, uh, are just going to basically have a discussion and invite you into the discussion. So if you have thoughts or questions or, uh, you know, things that you, um, are hearing in the conversation that you're resonating with, please leave a comment on Facebook or leave a comment on YouTube or, or, uh, you know, write us an email at office at the mission redlands.com. We would love to invite you into the conversation. And, and so, um, with that said, uh, we've decided to call this conversation uncharted, right? Yeah. yeah. And why is that? Well, uh, simply put, we're moving into uncharted territory. Uh, you know, this, this series has, or excuse me, this, uh, this pandemic, right? The COVID-19 uh, has reshaped how we're living today and possibly or likely the future. Right, right. So we're in new territory. And so uh, let's just back up and, and, and talk about so we're, we're doing church live stream uh, exclusively, which is so strange. Um, it's really strange uh, to not be with you guys. And I, I really, I feel like I've gone through a process of grieving in my own life of not being able to see your faces weekly. Um, and uh, and it just kind of is what it is for right now. And we're hoping to get back together as soon as it's all clear. Um, but... Uh, we have to do church this way for a little while, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and but here's the thing: is that it, it's still church, right? Yes. Um, it, it when we think about what church originally was back to the early church, uh, we find that the early church, uh, uh, for, for uh, I guess a lot of congregations, were meeting in homes. That's mm-hmm. how they did it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's three biblical passages, not that they're the main discussion today, but, you know, you can turn to 1 Corinthians sixteen nineteen, and it says, uh, the churches of Asia send you greetings, uh, Aquila and, and, uh, and, and, and Priscilla together with the church in their house. Um, also in Romans sixteen five, it says, greet also the church in their house. Uh, Colossians four fifteen it says, 
give my greetings to the brothers at uh, Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Mm. So, yeah, the, the early church, that's what they did. They yeah. met in their house, in yeah. their houses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Pastor Jason, how does, how does this relate then uh, to the church in the future? Because that was the church of the past. What, right. what do you think happens now with the church of the future? Right. Well, I, the, the church of the future, I, I, I believe firmly that at some point there will be a time where we can all get back together and it'll be all clear and, and we don't have to worry. Um, I don't think we'll be having to do church like this forever. Um, right. You know, um, but I do think that, you know, this may change the way that the future it, this may change the future of the church and, and, and what it looks like. And, and, and pastors have been saying for years and, and people way smarter than me have been saying, you know, the future of the church isn't in a church building, right? It's, it's in the homes of the church, mm. meaning it's in, in the homes of the believers. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, I've heard for years that there was going to be a home church revival. And, you know, I don't know if that's exactly what we're seeing right now, but, um, but definitely what we're doing right now and what you're doing in your own homes right now is still church. What, what you're doing in your homes, you know, if you're taking the time to read, you know, the scriptures with your kids and singing worship songs and, and, you know, loving others the way Christ loved you, like, like you're, you're, you're having church in your, in your own home. And so just because we're not in a church building doesn't mean we're not a church, right? Where because the people are the church, right? Yes, yes, that's so good, right? Now, I, I always think about church terminology, and I always commit this error. I say I'm going to church. We're not going to church. We're going to a service, or we're going to a Bible study. But we are the church, a living organism made of the members of the body of Christ. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. So this series, um, we're calling it Uncharted, and. Uh, the subtitle is the way forward. And so it feels like there is just, you know, we're in uncharted territory. Like Ricardo said, Mm -hmm. like we are in uncharted territory. I can't remember a time when other than in New York, a freak snowstorm that buried us, you know, when we didn't have church together. Mm I, I, there's just nothing to file this under for me. What we're, what we're experiencing right now. Like, um, you know, the fact that kids may not go back to school this year is blowing my mind and also my patience. (laughs) Right. And, uh, so we're just in uncharted territory and, and there are a lot of feelings about, being in this uncharted territory. And so we thought we'd just take the next couple of weeks and, and talk over a few, a few feelings, um, or, or things that you may be experiencing like we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to echo that sentiment, um, you know, like you said, uncharted territory, because this is really changing drastically our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking with a good friend of mine who's also a believer, um, and he was mentioning the fact that 
at, at a global scale and on the long term, this it looks like this will be this will have a greater impact than 9-11 did. Not to downplay 9-11, on the contrary, it was very tragic, and to this day we are living in the repercussions of 9-11, but this is a global scale, and it is impacting everyone and everything, and so this uh, definitely is unknown territory, just like 9-11 was, now we are in unknown territory, uncharted uh, waters. Um, and so, like you said, we're going to be discussing uh, three things through the next three weeks, including today. Our, the first week, we'll be talking about fear, mm -hmm. because that's the first reaction, right? That's the first, the foremost reaction that we have when something like this finally breaks through. And at first, there's a lot of uncertainty. Is this real? Is it, are we overreacting? But then suddenly it becomes real, and then we react in fear. Mm -hmm. uh, but then secondly, when the social distancing came into play, the next immediate reaction was isolation. It's yeah. a perfectly emotionally healthy reaction to have is to feel isolated. And so how do we deal with isolation? How do we deal with fear? And then on the third week, we will be talking about how do we move forward? Yeah. Now that we've addressed fear and isolation, That's right. how do we move forward? Yeah. And, and so as we continue through this series, we invite you to continue this conversation with us. But fear is such a, a tricky thing. Um, is there anything that maybe growing up as a kid or like, you know, I, I don't know. Is there anything that you're overly you've been overly afraid of in the past or yes. present? So I remember I'm a child of the 80s and uh, I remember seeing the Jaws poster, and I'm not even sure what year right now Jaws came out, but, well, it had to be before 79. If you know, leave a comment. If well, you, if I can you know tell what, you this. It was year. before It was before 79. I know that. If you know what year Jaws came out without looking it up. And here's how I know, because it came out before A New Hope, Star Wars. Yeah. Anyway, leave, so before 79. Leave a comment and you'll win a roll of toilet paper. But I remember going to the movie theater, and I think what I saw was the poster for one of the sequels. Not as great, right? But the point is, every time I saw either the, the, the poster or the artwork for one of the Jaws movies, it terrified me. And uh, I remember later, even, even to this day, when I go to the beach... I am terrified of the unknown uh, when I go in a little yeah. further beyond just the you know the, the shore the, the shallow shore. Um, once you go into the deep, uh, I can't see what's, what's under me, you know. And you can feel seaweed or things like that, and it freaks you out for me at least, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have this fear, even though I know how to swim. I'm afraid of what I can't see, and it's always persevered there from a, from my childhood. What about you, Pastor Jason? What are you afraid of, well, or what were you afraid of? Um, well, I have this faint memory of, uh, like, catching a glimpse of a movie where there was, like, a really creepy, I don't know if it was, like, alive or, or, or what, but it was a, it was a, one of those baby dolls that the eyes open and close, you know, like the really creepy ones, you know, and, uh, I remember catching a glimpse of that as a kid and just being, like, so creeped out, and, and so I, I went, it sounds funny, and, like, it's not a joke, so don't leave 
a baby doll in my office or a head of a baby doll in my car or anything like that. I'm like this, notes, this is serious here. business right here. <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, I, I went through a really long period of being like really like afraid of those. And, and it just <laughs> sounds so dumb, but it's true. And, and so like, I, I, you know, my grandma used to have all these, uh, like, dolls in like they would wear dresses or whatever i don't know they're like de decor dolls i right, guess right, and so like right. i would never go in her room ever ever <laughs> ever and um you know one i i just like even to this day like ba baby dolls with open and closed eyes like deeply trouble me <laughs> <laughs> understandable but let me ask you this pastor jason how did you deal with it because at some point we have to deal with this. Right? Well, I, I I mean, like I said, they still creep me out. I think Toy Story is brilliant in using oh. those as enemy, like enemy people yeah. in the theme. Like, um, but they still creep me out to this day. But um, I have this faint memory of being a kid and like like everybody just made fun of this fear. So it wasn't like anybody was really going to take me seriously and help me with it. <laughs> but I remember one, one day we were in a store and I just decided that I was going to face my fear. And I walked down the doll aisle at oh. a store really slowly. And I like made myself look at everything. And then like, you know, after a couple of times of that and some counseling, I was <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, after a couple of times of that, I, I like felt better about it, but it's, but honestly, it still kind of creeps me out. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But Go ahead. One thing you said that really struck my attention about sharks is it was the, it, it wasn't so much, you know, I, I, it wasn't so much that you were afraid of the water is the uncertainty of what was beneath the water. Is yeah. That, is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because there's, there's so much that you can imagine happens there. Mm -hmm. So much you can imagine happens there, but, um, not being able to see it is what gets your imagination going and, mm -hmm. and not knowing what you could possibly find. Yeah. You can just let your imagination run wild with possibilities yeah. and then you're just fear completely paralyzed fear stricken yeah. did, did, were you ever able to face your fear of sharks yeah uh i mean not with a live shark that's for sure <laughs> i watched the movie jaws so at some point i i got over it i mean i was I, I was a big spielberg fan uh and uh, i i just decided to watch it and uh yeah and you know at some point you realize oh yeah it's kind of <laughs> like a mechanical looking clumsy uh uh, you know, shark, <laughs> not to disrespect the movie. The movie is legendary uh, in its time. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm still though, like you said, with you with dolls, for me, I still have a little bit of fear of the uncertainty of beach waters when I can't yeah. see what's under me. <laughs> yeah, man. So fear, like sharks for you. Yeah. And, um, and dolls for you. Creepy dolls for me. Yeah. Um, what can I ask you, Pastor Jason? What types of fear are there? Are there any, are there any fears that one could say are healthy, and are there any fears that one could say are not healthy? Yeah, I definitely would say that not all fears are are bad. You know, there there are uh, there are fears uh, that keep us 
out of danger, right? Mm. And, and so it, so like, there's a, there's a, a sense of like, if I stick my head hand in an oven, you know, I, I know like it's going to get burnt, you know? Right. And so I don't do that. Right. And so that, that healthy sense of like, Oh, I know the consequences that are going to happen if I do that. Like, like that's a healthy version of fear. But also I, I think throughout the scriptures continually were commanded to fear God. Mm. And honestly, in my own journey, I struggled with that for a long time. Like, because we always talk about, you know, God you know, being loving he's a loving father, you know, and, and like, how do you balance this, this love with, with fear? And I, I believe it, it was actually you who believe it or not, who broke that open for me one time. Um, you know, I think you used an analogy of the essence of the word fear when it's used to fear God. The essence of the word fear is is like when you stand at the edge or the foot of like the Grand Canyon. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. When uh, exactly, um, I when I step at the edge of the Grand Canyon, you know, the times I've done that, there's this overwhelming sense of awe, wonder, fascination, but also fear, mm -hmm. a, a fear that is, uh, I would say it's a wonderful fear mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you are in wonder and in awe, but you understand I'm not going to jump, right? This is so big. It's also not even, not even thinking about jumping, just the sense of the grandeur of it. It's scary how right. small I am in comparison, right. but it's still a wonderful, it is mm -hmm. full of wonder, that, mm -hmm. that sense of fear. So it's very different than the actual word fear, the way we use it. Yeah. I get that sense. Even when sometimes my family and I go to the beach, we'll, we'll go to Laguna or something. And there are these monstrous waves mm. and all of a sudden, like, I just feel small, yeah. you know? And yeah. I, I, I actually really love that feeling because it reminds me that my, my problems and my, like my world is so just small, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so like, I think that type of fear of God, like, like, like you said that like, there's a, there's a sense of ex, like awe and reverence and like almost excitement, you yeah. know? Um, I think the, those are very healthy, um, you know, uh, parts of fear. Right. What's not healthy is, what we call the spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. Now, because we live in a world that's fallen, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, spiritual things that are unseen, you know, spiritual attacks, you know, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, um, you know, the, there's def the enemy tries its hardest to instill in us a spirit of fear. And, and this is where things like, you know, anxiety come from, uh, depression. And, and I don't mean to say that all anxiety and depression or, uh, mental health issues are a spiritual issue. I believe that some, 
you know, some of them are a mental issue, but I do believe the enemy uses them to torment us, you know? And, And so I think one of the triggers for this spirit of fear, especially in our society is uncertainty. It's like, you know, when you don't know what's happening next, uh, the uncertainty of that, um, triggers this, like, uh, this unhealthy fear and out of that flows anxiety and possibly depression, isolation, and, uh, and all those things that we want to avoid. And so it's very important that we as believers learn how to address the spirit of fear Mm. in our own life. That's so good. I mean, I think you gave two great examples of healthy and unhealthy, right? Uh, I have a healthy fear of not putting my hand in the oven because it'll burn me, but I don't live overwhelmed by that fear. It's right. just, I just don't do that. Right. Uh, it has uh, you know nothing really, uh, uh, practically speaking, to do with God. Uh, but when I think about how the enemy will utilize fear, uh, the idea is that fear in that sense is meant to take us away from trusting God. Yep. And so that, that I think is a key distinction of what healthy and unhealthy yeah. fears are. So pastor Jason, where could we go? There's many places in the Bible that we could turn to, uh, to talk about fear. So just, let's, let's look at one today. What do you got? Okay. For us? Well, before, before we go to the one that we're going to focus on, I just want to say that, you know, The Bible actually has a lot to say about fear, Mm -hmm. like a lot, right? Uh, In the ESV translation, because it's different in every translation, but in the ESV translation, um, fear, the word fear shows up over 500 times. Um, And um, fear not in the ESV translation is 158 times. Mm. Uh, Do not be afraid shows up 42 times and do not fear 66 times. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, Rick Warren actually has this thing that he says, and, and like, I'm sure his team of researchers are way more accurate than I am. And, and like I said, it varies depending on translation, but Rick Warren actually says, if you look at the spirit of the command, you know, fear not, do not be afraid, do not fear. It actually shows up, uh, 365 times in the Bible, which is, that's crazy. Right. And so you think about that three, what's the significance of that number? 365 uh, you know, well, that's one for every day of the year. Right. And so like, that's just the, the Bible has a ton to say about fear and God doesn't ever repeat himself in his word, uh, just because there's a reason. Right. Yeah. And, and so the Bible is such an incredible source when we feel afraid, when we feel anxiety of, of, of peace and, and, uh, you know, redirection. And so we're going to, we're going to look today at Psalm 46. Mm. So if you would turn there with me, um, and, uh, we're going to read just the whole thing verses one through 11. I'm reading in the ESV translation, uh, Psalm 46, one through 11 ESV. And here we go. It says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, 
we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Mm. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolate desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible passage. I mean, I feel like we could just spend hours picking that apart, but, um, Ricardo, just, you know, if you had to point out one or two takeaways from that scripture, Mm. you know, what, what do you think they would be? Oh, wow. Like you said, there's so much, there's so much that we could find in this passage, uh, about, uh, that, that speaks to our current circumstance in the midst of, of the COVID uh, drama that we're currently experiencing. But um, two things come to mind when I see this passage. The first one is uh, to fight the fear that we're currently experiencing, we should have faith in God's present help. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Yes. We should have faith in God's present help. And this is so key because sometimes um, I think that while we wait for God to move or while we wait on God to provide comfort during an affliction, we can sometimes think of God as a spectator, an omnipresent spectator, which he is for everything in life. But for us, for believers, for, for, for the church, we can experience God in a present help. So mm-hmm. he's not just a spectator that's, right. that's watching the drama unfold. God is a present help. That's right. This is key. So we must have faith in God's present help. Now, it's not just that the passage tells us that he's a very present help in verse 1. It tells us what that's like. Mm-hmm. It's not a present help that we might even see it immediately. Verse 2 says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Wow. Though the mountains be moved into the hearts of the sea. Wow. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. We won't be moved. It's amazing because we might not even see it at the moment. 
but we know that he is present. And regardless, despite the circumstance, despite us not knowing what's going to happen to some of our salaries in this crisis, despite us no, not knowing what some of our spouses will deal with that are in the health professions, mm-hmm. despite us fearing infection of our loved ones, That's right. we can say we will not fear though all of those things because God is our present help in trouble. That's right. It's so good. Um, and so that present part, I think, is key. You mentioned, I think, earlier Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as we're through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil, for you are with me, for yes. God is with us. Right. And so that is so key. It's a present help. He's not just watching the drama unfold. He's present, but he is a help. Second thing, not only do we fight the fear with faith in God's present help. But the second thing is um, we seek joy in God's sufficiency. We seek joy in God's sufficiency. This is so important because in this passage, there are some verses here that refer to a river. Despite all the foaming of the water that's happening, there is a river in verse four. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. And this reminds me of another psalm that talks about the river of his delights. Mm -hmm. Remember, God is the fountain. He's the the living water. And so uh, in God's sufficiency, in him supplying himself to me, and his help as well, I can find joy. It says there in verse 4, whose streams, a river whose streams make glad the city of God. She shall not be moved. Yeah. And so that's so important to find that joy in that. I think the last thing that I'll say, so we're having faith in God's present help and we're finding joy in God's sufficiency. Those are two things. But I, I, I would be... I I would be missing out if we didn't highlight the verse that gets quoted the most in this psalm. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Here's the thing about be still and know that I am God. For the longest time, I thought that that was primarily speaking to me. Be still and know that I am God. So in other words, calm down relax. And that is true, but that's not the only audience. Theologians agree uh, pretty much uh, the consensus is that theologians will say that this is a plural audience. And so God is speaking to the nations and he's speaking to us. He's speaking to the nations here. Be still and know that I am God. He's not speaking primarily to the church. He first speaks to the circumstance. And so why can we be still and know that he is God? Because he speaks to what we are currently experiencing, COVID-19 or whatever. And he says, be still to the sickness. Be still to war. Be still to famine. Be still to the nations. Know that he is God. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he also speaks to us, be still and know that I am God. And so we can, it's not that we're left with no action, but rather we, we can relax in his provision, but we take action in faith towards God yes. uh, in fighting the circumstance 
So we can be still and know that he is God, but God speaks that to the circumstance. Be still, circumstance. Be still, COVID-19, and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. In our own lives, I I think, you know, you've talked about it uh, from a few different perspectives, but I, I feel like being still in my own life when fear arises um, and just remembering that God is God, you know, um, I, I, I think, um, you know, sometimes the most beneficial action we can take, and this is something I've really learned from my wife, honestly, um, is to just stop whatever we're doing, mm. you know, when it begins to feel overwhelming, when the emotions begin to spiral out of control, when it just begins to feel more than, than we can handle and we're gonna snap or whatever. Like, obviously we want to get in the habit of doing it before, but I, I, like I've gotten into the habit recently, just within the last couple of weeks of any time those feelings, because it's been very overwhelming the last month. And, um, I've just gotten into the habit of just like trying to recognize when I'm there, when I'm like getting overwhelmed with the spirit of fear or anxiety or whatever, and just stopping what I'm doing and going and taking a walk and maybe listening to scripture or worship music while I walk or whatever. And, um, it, 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 Recenters so myself upon the presence of God, and and so I yeah, definitely like uh, I I I love the way that you address that in in both mm. areas, you know, and and it's so good, man. I love so what good. you're saying because be still again is something that uh, theologians have commentated on, saying that be still is is both in a sense active and passive yeah it's act it's passive in the sense that you need to relax and kind of let go of the circumstances god speaks to the circumstance right but it's active in the sense that i need to like unplug right and take action and do something to to allow me to do that like you said you take a, a, a an action that allows you to be able to reset or recenter mm-hmm. yourself and disconnect, yeah. you know, it, it, and, and it, that takes a lot of different forms for you. It's taking a walk, you know, for some people it might go even beyond that. Sometimes you just have to, as much as we need to watch the news, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to take a break from it or from yeah. social media because there's so much noise because people are in so much fear. Yeah, but we want to be a radical example yeah. of how we can turn to the nations uh, or, or rather, like God turns to the nations, we can turn to our circumstance and say, yeah, I, I will not be moved. I I, uh, I am aware of the fact that God is a very present help in mm-hmm. this trouble. Yeah. That COVID-19 did not catch God off guard, mm-hmm. right? This isn't something that God wasn't expecting. This is something that God is moving through. So there are great opportunities here, despite all the tragic events that are accompanying it. There is opportunity, there is uh, goodness, there is uh, things to celebrate, and there are things to do to advance the gospel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, man, thanks for sharing the, those insights. Those are were so good. 
But I would challenge you this week, spend some time in the scriptures researching fear. It is the number one command from God in the Bible uh, to fear not. And so um, in these very uncertain times, I I think about um, the Israelites as they were leaving Egypt, you know, they were slaves in Egypt and, and God had promised to bring them into the promised land, but they didn't know what that fully looked like. Right. And, and so there was all this uncertainty, um, you know, they were slaves and now they were free, but it's not like they had it really great. They were walking in the wilderness forever, you know, and then, and then Moses, you know, eventually dies, they get to the promised land and it's occupied. Right. And what the heck, right. And, and God gives, uh, gives Joshua and the people this reminder. Uh, I didn't plan on using this, but let me just say, he said, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Mm. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. That's Joshua one nine. And so I want to encourage you throughout the Bible. There are all these little uh, nuggets of truth to grab onto and find one that resonates with you. Memorize it. That's your challenge this week is to memorize a, a truth about fear from the Bible uh, that you can grab onto when you feel those moments of, of feeling overwhelmed and, and full of anxiety or uncertainty about what your job is going to look like. Are you going to be able to make rent? Are, are there going to be, is there going to be food on the table? You know, um, I want you to grab hold of this truth. I want you to memorize it this week so that it's it, so that it's here, right? So that it's here and here. And so, Uh, I want to challenge you to recognize those moments when it just feels too much. Mm. Um, because you know, I, people always say God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And you know, like that sounds all nice and well, but I honestly think it's, 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 um, a load of crap. <laughs> he gives you more than you can handle, and then he gives you it, the ability. It's, it's not that he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't give you more than you can handle. It, it's that he he doesn't give you more than he can handle. Exactly. Right. And, and so I, I just think during these times of fear, we need to remember that it's not us who. who who needs to do it. Yeah. There are actions that we need to take. Like sometimes we need to just be still and recenter ourselves upon the presence of God. Uh, there are actions that we need to take, but also like, it's not us who is going to accomplish the end goal. You know, God, um, yeah, it's not something that we can fix. You know, we have to make good choices, Um, but in the end, God can handle it, right? Mm -hmm. We, we can't, right? And, and so your challenge this week is to find a verse that resonates with you in the scriptures about fear, memorize it and just carry it with you for those uncertain times. So, um, you have anything else you want to add? No, that's so good. Actually, I, uh, uh, 
yeah, I, I just want to echo that sentiment, I guess. There's, yeah, hold on to scripture and preach the word to yourself with your feelings. Yeah, like fear. David did. Why are, why are you downcast, oh why my soul? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Amen. Amen. Right? That's so good. Well, uh, I think we're going to uh, invite Hannah to come back. Uh, well, let me, let me pray for us. And, and, and I'll ask you and, to pray uh, while she moves back here. All right. So... Um, let's just pray over this time that we, we've had in the Word. Hopefully this is resonating with you guys. Um, let me just pray. Father God, thank you for this moment that we have together as a, as a church family. Lord, um, even though the circumstances are not ideal, it's well within your reach. It's well within your grasp, Father. So we can listen to what the scriptures say and we can heed your command. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Lord, um, not only do you, you know, walk with us in, in the valley of the shadow of death, uh, but you equip us too, Lord, uh, your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me, mm. Lord. And so we have everything we need to deal with the times that we're facing right now. Lord, we just need to recognize that you are in control. You're bigger than our circumstances. And Father, we worship you. We love you. Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, that it's not us that can fix this situation, Lord, or um, you have it well under, well in hand, Father, and you don't give us anything that you can't handle, Lord. And so, Father, we we give all of our fear of uncertainty over to you now, and let us look to your word for comfort and reassurance during these times of uncertainty. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.